0: Hi, my name is Rochelle, and you're watching or listening to Boxbox box F1 Pod. Uh, we're back. Summer break is over. We're finally back into the second half of the season, and today we're kicking things off with the Dutch Grand Prix. Um, before I get into everything that happened during the summer break and during the race, um, I am going to be cooking a Dutch national dish, a Dutch dish called stampot, stampot, um, which is kale, mashed potatoes, and sausage. Traditionally, I believe it is pork, but I do not eat pork, so I will be using chicken sausage. Um, <laughs> I am also drinking French wine for Pierre's win from this Van Gogh mug I got, this in an ear. Uh, Cause Dutch. So anyway, without further ado, uh, let's kick things off with the digital up. Do, do, do. Lap one, silly season. Okay, so this is going to be a very brief lap because unlike last year when there was just news after news after news, nothing really happened this season. Basically, all that we got was that Nico and Kevin have both had their contract renewed. At um at Haas, so they will both be driving for Haas next year. Woohoo! Um, and everything else is just rumors. Like, will Yuki have his seat next year? Will Checo have his seat next year? Whose dreams and career will Dr. Helmut Marco crush next? It's all up in the air. <laughs> Side note, speaking of dark, Dr. Helmet Marco crushing dreams, during one of the uh, Girl the Grid episodes, uh, they were asked um, a bunch of questions about who named two drivers that have fill in the blank. And one of the questions was, name two drivers who have driven for two, uh, two teams in one season. And uh, Logan had absolutely no idea. And so they mentioned Alex and... Um, Alex and, Alex and, why am I asking you guys to fill in the blank? Um, it was Alex and Pierre. And Logan was like, what? And they, basically, it seemed like they had to fill him in on all that drama because he just had no idea. And I find that absolutely hilarious. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's it for Silly Season. And in case you're watching or listening and can hear the chopping noises. I have already put the potatoes to boil behind me and now I'm chopping up some of the kale that's gonna go in and um, after about five minutes of the potatoes boiling, I'm gonna throw the kale in there as well um, and let that finish and then strain it and then mash it all together. All right, moving on. Lap two, summer break. This is a big lap, guys. So um, the big news from summer break that like, at the very start of it that got me super excited was Jean Toad. Everyone remember him? (laughs) The former FIA president. Before that, he was the Formula, the Ferrari team principal. Before that, he was a Ferrari CEO, maybe in reverse. Before that, he was like a bunch of stuff at Renault slash um, Alpine. It was Renault at the time. Anyway, big shot in the F1 world. He finally married his partner of, I believe it was 19 years they've been together for 19 years he married his partner no one's ever heard of her Michelle (laughs) Yeo and this just like reminded me of how like um during the award season I spent the entire time trying to find Jean Toad I'm like why is Michelle going to all these events without John like where is John and then um at like the last event I spotted him in like the corner of the shot and I realized he was there the whole time (laughs) and He's just so unremarkable (laughs) Um, physically next to Michelle Yeoh that you just don't notice him like at all. He's just like popping in and out of shots and he's so small because he was a driver. Anyway, that was the first big piece of big news. Um, And other big news, arms like seem to be the kryptonite of F1 this season because um, also the very start of summer break, we saw that Toto broke his arm, like fully broke his arm. Like he had a blue cast going all the way up. He broke it uh, mountain biking. And I would just like to say that no one learned anything from Lance. (laughs) We literally watched Lance. We literally watched Lance um, go mountain biking, break both of his hands, go through surgery, Um, and yet all these idiots keep going mountain biking. (laughs) Less scary for Toto because he's not like a driver and doesn't have like, he can still be a team principal slash overall boss, um, without, with one arm. But, um, anyway, just thought it was funny. Um, also yachts were like the number one destination, like form of vacation this year. I'm convinced that like when Fernando specifically isn't driving a car, he exclusively exists in a yacht on track in a yacht that's it like I don't think there's any other scenario where he exists (laughs) um one second I'm gonna throw the kale in so I guess I guess I'm gonna finish um summer break uh while that cooks I have nothing else to do so I'll just drink wine and talk um basically um in addition to Fernando though um all the other drivers just seem to be on a yacht um Mick and Lance, I mean Mick and, um, Mick and Charles, Mick and Charles took like very like aggressive 90s style photo shoots on their yachts. Charles had like an, there was a whole collection. It was like a full on photo shoot, but one picture that like stood out was he and his friends, all his guy friends were like lying in a circle on the ground of the yacht or like on a pillow on the yacht and their heads were all in, in inside the circle and someone took like an overhead shot And it was just like very much like cover of Teen Bop magazine or whatever in like the nineties of like the Backstreet Boys. Mick was wearing like this like baggy linen situation with like an unbuttoned shirt. It was all white. The pictures were in black and white. His hair was bleached. Sometimes his girlfriend was in the picture. Sometimes she wasn't. And it was just so nineties coded. It was insane. It was a great picture, but like, I don't know where all this came from. Um, the vibe really suits him, truly, but still unexpected. Um, there were also like a bunch of random activities. Valtteri dressed like someone named Duff. I don't know if I'm dumb, don't know what a Duff is, but like, it was like some superhero with a bunch of beer cans on him. Um, he also did a lot of cycling shocker. Valtteri is the only F1 driver allowed to cycle because he clearly knows what he's doing. The rest of them should really stick to like stationary bikes. Also, um, Nico turned 36, had a big birthday. His hair is also bleached, but Mick um, pulls it off better because I feel like his is, like, sun-kissed bleach. Um Nico's is, like, 10 bleached. <laughs> um, also, he's 38. He's so old. 36, I mean. But, like, it always makes me laugh that, like, Seb is younger than all these old drivers, but he has, like, the oldest soul. <laughs> Nico clearly still thinks that he's youthful AF. Um... There was also like a lot of water sports. There were so many water sports. George was like, oh, I tried my hand at other activities and like got a few bruises, but made it work in the end. (laughs) And then immediately posted pictures of him back at the gym. But um, speaking of water sports and yachts, there were a lot of girlfriend family shots. Um, George was on a yacht with Carmen and his whole family, very wholesome, like uncle pictures he had with his niece and nephew. yeah, Carmen's so cool. She just elevates every situation. I love her. Um, Daniel was with Heidi. Very cute. Like, he had his little bucket hat on. Um, they were out, like, in cafes being all cute in Ibiza, I think. They were. Um, Kelly and Max also posted some shots. She posted, like, a very wholesome family photo. Where it was Kelly, Max, and Daniel Kvyat's daughter? She <laughs> still makes me laugh. Um, so they were also I believe on a boat uh, but a small boat so they like didn't do the whole yacht thing Um, they also Max posted a picture aka either Max posted the picture or Kelly posted it from Max's account but um, it's like him and Kelly standing in like a prom pose where like his hands are on her hips the way people only stand when they're doing the awkward prom picture when they're 18 Um, and the, they're standing in front of this giant stone with a quote on it, and the quote read, <clears throat> the quote read, a smooth sea never made a skilled pirate. Why is this something they chose to take a picture in front of? Don't know. Um, anyway, there was also Pierre and Kika, lots of such wholesome like family activities. They visited his family. I think they also went to Portugal and visited her family. Um, it was, um, I saw someone on the internet. I can't, I can't remember where I saw it, but Pierre, it was a, it was a video of Pierre pushing a car, I believe in Portugal with a bunch of other guys. Cause it got stuck and wouldn't turn on. And I just find it funny to imagine Pierre in that situation because I feel like he's never been on that side of a car. <laughs> he's been in the driver's seat, but has he ever pushed a car that stalled? No, I don't think so. Um, I did find it funny that during the press conferences, Pierre's recap of his summer was, it was so nice to take some time to be an uncle, a son, a brother, and also I partied with my friends. <laughs> Which just seems like such a Pierre way to describe his vacation. Also during press conferences, um, George, uh Charles, oh my God. <laughs> Name every driver on the grid. Also during press conferences, Uh, Carlos was asked how his break went and Carlos's response was even funnier than Pierre's, especially next to Pierre's because he was like, it was a relaxing break, but it's short. You can't stop thinking. You just, you just have to keep thinking, which is the most Carlos response ever. Like Carlos truly looks like he never stops thinking. Although it was like kind of odd in comparison to like what kind of content we saw from him. Um, because most of the videos I saw were like girls posting on TikTok, but oh my God, I saw Carlos. And it's like them waiting on a pier as he stumbles off a yacht, drunk, hum- hung over, generally just confused, looking very like, like he just woke up or something. Always in some neutral linen ensemble, very George Clooney, Ocean's 11, but like better, obviously. That's like the thing, right? The thing um, I love about Carlos is that his style may be kind of boring, or basic, but you can tell he's rich because everything fits him flawlessly. Everything fits him with perfection. Like his style, I think is silent luxury, um, quiet luxury. What's the term? (laughs) Silent, quiet, muted, whatever. It's, it's on low volume, his luxury. Um, also he was rumored, he was seen with a girl who, um, the internet has informed me as Rebecca Donaldson, and apparently she's famous. I think she dated Scott Disick, but I might've fully made that up. So don't quote me on that. Um, but that's his rumored girlfriend. They were pictured a lot together, and the internet seems upset about it. Also, I've been getting a lot of videos of his ex-girlfriend, and I did love them together. It makes me sad that they broke up. Um, Cause she's very cute and sweet, and I've loved seeing her thrive or try to thrive through this, um, but she's been having so much fun with her friends in like cute little Spanish villas that I just want to be her. (laughs) Um, Issa, Issa, sorry, I forgot her name for a sec. Okay, so now transitioning to a segment that I like to call DJ Watch, which is basically every time an F1 driver interacts with any DJ ever. And oddly, there's a lot. So first, straight after Spa, Lando and Max immediately just beeline for Martin Garrix concert. Um, Lando was also, um, seen hanging out with Kygo and Calvin Harris. That was a jump scare when I saw that shot. Um, yeah, why was Calvin Harris there? This is the first time I've seen him interact with the F1 community. (laughs) Um, that was odd. Um, but also, uh, Kygo posted that. It wasn't like a random shot. Someone took Kygo posted like in, in, in a, in a dump, The first picture was him, Calvin Harris and Lando. Daniel, no, not Daniel. Um, I think it was Martin Martin Garrix posted a picture with Daniel and Tiesto um, in Ibiza. Um, Later on during the break though, Martin Garrix had a huge concert. I'm assuming it was also in Ibiza and that's like where they ran into each other, but um, Logan, George, and Danny Rick were there big shock they were all in martin garrett's concert um i love seeing there's so i know that logan and george ran into each other but i think logan is single or was with his friends so it wasn't quite the same but george was with carmen and daniel was obviously with heidi and there was a lot of like it looked like heidi and carmen really got along and it was very cute and wholesome love it um because i can see them getting along really well i can see daniel and george getting along really well oh, they took that private plane together that one time to the last race, the spa. Um, And I can see them totally getting along, but like they do have a bigger age gap. They're also kind of different vibes, Um, but Daniel can get along with anyone and George is a very pleasant person, but like they're definitely hanging out more because I feel like Heidi and Carmen like each other, but that's also full speculation. I have no clue. (laughs) Um, Also, speaking of George and Carmen, there was a, a picture I think he posted of him on, um, on holiday with her. And, um, it was like, it was a very oh, sweet picture. He was like on a boat in his own trunks looking very like sun kissed and like glowy and like whatever the lighting was that they, he was standing under just made him like literally look like low key ethereal. Um, and everyone started comparing him to Jeremiah Fisher from, um, the summer I turned pretty which I love George, he looked great in that shot, but he does not look like Jeremiah Fisher. Few people on this planet look like Jeremiah Fisher. Even the actor who plays Jeremiah Fisher doesn't look like Jeremiah Fisher, if you know what I mean. Um, But it just got me thinking, right? Who, and if you don't watch the I Turn Pretty, feel free to skip through this part, but if you do, I really need to discuss this. So um, who on the grid do you think would be team Jeremiah and who do you think would be team Connie Baby? which is the only way I would like to call him from now on. Um, I personally think that George, definitely Conrad, for sure. Um, Lance, team Conrad. Pierre, 100% team Jeremiah. He is Jeremiah. I was talking to my friend about it, and she was like, I don't know if this makes me like Pierre less or Jeremiah more, and that is a valid point. I don't know which way I'm swaying either. Probably a bit of both. Um, Carlos for sure. Conrad. I know he's like going through his little single fuck boy period right now, but he's a Conrad. Let's be honest. Um, Alex and Lily are Steven and Taylor. hundred percent. My friend called it. That's them. They're just there chilling, having the best time. Um, Lando definitely team Jeremiah, like no questions. Um, Oscar, is <laughs> Cam Cameron, like, sorry. Cam Cameron is sweet. It's not like actually an insult, but he for sure 100% is Cam Cameron. The one place that we disagreed, the one place that we disagreed was where Charles fell. Charles, for sure, I don't think is Team Jeremiah. Um, I think he has a lot of Connie energy. My friend is also a huge Charles fan um, and majorly Team Conrad. So... I think she really needed Charles to be Conrad. (laughs) And he definitely has Conrad energy in a lot of instances. Um, But I think if we're all honest with ourselves, uh, Charles is belly. He has had serious relationships with different members of an entire friend group. That is such a belly move I can't even put into words. Like, As much as it pains me, Charles is <laughs> his belly. At least those girls aren't related, though they look like they could be. Um, Alex and Charlotte look like they for sure could be related, but um, they're not, so that he's one step above belly. Anyway, DM me or email me at pod or email at gmail.com um, what you think. If I miss anyone, that's like very obvious to you. Um, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, Sorry, we'll move on now. Um, Okay, lap three, trackside at Zanfort. Strope waffles galore. Everyone had a stroke waffle bit. It was wild. Everyone was making them or eating them or rolling them or doing some, gifting them, doing something with a stroke waffle. Um, Also, my favorite caption uh, by far of this weekend was Alfatari. Posting um, Daniel and Yuki on a scooter together and captioning it, Scooteria. (laughs) Very good. Um, Also a great media moment for me this weekend was um, Lance showed up with like gauze on his face where it was very obvious he had some sort of like topical procedure or something. Um, And Kim Ilman, I think that's how you say his name, the photographer. Um, posted a picture of it and said he asked one of the people from the Aston Martin team, like, what happened. And they replied, I don't see anything. Like, what in the media training? Like, lie. I mean, I guess they did. They said they don't see anything. But, like, say anything else. Say it was minor. Say it was, like, no big deal. Say it was just, like, whatever. But to say you don't see anything, <laughs> gaslighting to the, like, highest extent. Um... Anyway, it was hilarious. Also, Steve Carell was there. Why did I say his name like that? Steve Carell was there. Um, And he said his family was just like vacationing in Holland. And they were like, you know, it'd be great if we went to the Dutch Grand Prix. It was their first one altogether. He said they're having a great time. Um, And he definitely said it felt like he really liked that he came to this one because he was asked about how he thinks Vegas is going to go. And he's like, it's going to be a different vibe for sure. But also one thing that was funny to me about Steve Carell is um, as he was given the mic during the grid walk, um, he goes, oh my God, that camera is so close to my face. Um, which is funny because he's an actor and he should be used to cameras in his face, but he's also very low key. So he's probably not used to it unless he's like on set, ready to film and knows there's a camera in his face. Um, which just makes me think how like immune the drivers have all become to like 85 cameras, boom mics, like those little puffy things, I don't know what they do being just like shoved in their faces at all times and how all of these cameramen have to be in impeccable shape to like run after them all the time. You know, I like, guess crazy. Anyways, love that he like low key, like hangs at the GP with his family, was like, what's this? Let's go check it out. <laughs> love it. Very Steve, you know, it feels like Stevie. And he was a guest of Red Bull, which was premeditated. So it, it, like he made it sound super spontaneous. I don't know if he just knows someone at Red Bull and just called them up or something. Um, or his manager did his as assistant. Um, but he made it sound like a super spontaneous idea and yet he was a guest at Red Bull. So I don't really know how that works. But, um, another big thing that I was really excited about was that the violinist slash conductor, Andre Rue, his full name was like Andre Leon Marie Nicolas Rue. I don't know how to say his last name. He's Dutch. And he's like, has like his... In- like a famous orchestra that he travels around with. My dad used to make me watch all those videos when I was younger. The women were just insanely extra. It was like just like in the videos. It was wild. I was like staring at him like, "Don't I know this man? Why is he here? But he's Dutch. So that's why he was there." Um they were also performing just like during the grid walk, which I was obsessed with. They like gave they handed out flags to all of the um spectators and each one had like a red or white or blue and it was in the shape of the dutch flag and they played a song and they were all waving it in sync to the to the song and it was just it was very beautiful i like i felt i wanted to be dutch in that moment the dutch have such a good vibe overall i know there was some like mm, questionable things happening um last year um when they were um when they were like or a year and a half ago and they were booing lewis and all that stuff but it seems like it's very specific to just lewis hamilton and i'm i hope they got over it i think they got over it but like they love everything else and everyone else it's crazy um also they performed the sorry andre and his orchestra performed the national anthem and honestly i think they should do that everywhere they they should just travel with f1 because it was so good Um, also there were DJs there. Martin Garrix was there. Pretty sure other DJs were there. Where there is F1, there is a DJ. (laughs) Um, All right, I'm gonna take the potatoes out and then we're gonna finish the lap. Okay, I am back. Um, I'm now gonna be mashing the potatoes and kale and adding in some cream, I don't have very much, and butter. And we are gonna move on to lap four, which is Daniel's hands. I told you there's a theme of broken hands. This season. Okay. So basically, um, during free practice, Daniel crashed and, um, he crashed because he was avoiding Oscar. Actually, he literally later said it was either Oscar or the wall. Um, so he was avoiding Oscar and crashed into the wall. And immediately I think was on the radio, like, oh, fuck my hand. Um, honestly, Oscar just keeps getting in the way of Daniel's (laughs) existence in F1. Um, which is funny because Oscar's like the nicest Kid ever, um, but he somehow just keeps getting in the way. Um, uh, anyway, so Daniel um, was unable to participate, obviously. He was immediately taken to the medical center and then whisked away to the hospital where it was found that he broke his metacarpal bone. Um, and um, by the way, does anyone remember what a metacarpal is strictly based off of Hannah Montana? <laughs> Uh, where she had the bone dance. I definitely remember it better from Hannah Montana than I do a single day of anatomy class. But anyway, so he broke his metacarpal bone. Um, and he, um, was put in a sling in the cast. And today on Sunday, he flew to Barcelona where he saw, um, the same surgeon that Lance used, um, for his recovery. um, he got surgery today and seems to be in recovery. I think it's presumed that he will not be competing in Monza, but knowing Lance's medical team and their profinity to believe that bones can heal in like four days. Um, I'm surprised he didn't race today. Um, anyways, what a shitty return for Daniel. Um, and like, he already has such a presence in the paddock. Everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. It's just really sad. Um but hopefully he's only out for a bit, even though he should be out for at least six to eight weeks, but whatever. Um, and he's back soon. But um, what I found really funny was um, as people were debating, I mean, it seemed really obvious that it was gonna be Logan Lawson that replaced him, which he did. But while people were debating, um, <laughs> David Colthart <laughs> sent in a PowerPoint. David Colthart is a former, former F1 driver for anyone who doesn't know. Um, he um, also does a lot of work with Red Bull now, but he sent in a um, he sent in a PowerPoint like all of George Russell. But like the funniest part to me about this PowerPoint is that it's like completely unformatted. It's just two blank slides, like white with text. And the title of it is "Why Should I Be Daniel's Reserve Driver?" by David Coulthard, parentheses age fifty two and then the next slide is just four bullets captioned reasons why i am quick on track i did get red bull's first podium the engineers and i already get along this would make me the seventh oldest oldest driver ever in f1 history personally i think it's a very strong argument um christian replied posted on instagram and said, Dear DC, thank you for your application. And despite the significant amount of crash damage at numerous races you created, we might now be in need of a reserve. And as the silver fox of the paddock, you would at least make Fernando feel young again. This is a weird rejection. Sorry, I just reread it again. He's not actually rejecting him. Literally, okay, dear DC, thank you for your application, and despite the significant amount of crash damage at numerous races you created, we might now be in need of a reserve driver, and the silver fox of the paddock, you would at least make Fernando feel young again. Best wishes, Christian. Um, to which David just replied, I appreciate the consideration, Christian, which I find hilarious. I find all of this so funny. Um but yeah, obviously Liam Lawson replaced him, not David, though I really think they should have gone with it. Um, I actually adore Liam. He seems very cute, very sweet. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to be seeing him on the grid very soon, certainly sooner than David Colt <laughs> um, But I appreciated David's attempt. All right. So with that, we've concluded the digital warm do. On to the race rhyme. Okay, now I'm back. I had to chop up some of the kale a bit more because I didn't fully chop it. Before I boiled it and um, add some more butter. If I'm honest, I'd put a little too much kale to potato ratio. There should always be more potato than kale. Which there it's about even, which is an ideal, but it still tastes very good. Anyway, now I'm fully back <laughs> and um, we are done with the digital warm-up. Doo-doo doo. And now we're on to the time okay guys we're back did you miss us cue the applause summer's over time to put the yachts and dj sets on pause welcome to the dunes of zandvoort any idea who all of holland is here to support unlike the dunes of zendaya and timmy these dunes are orange and rainy and filled with dutch people trying to do the shimmy before we could even get the race weekend going danny broke his hand and couldn't race reserve driver uploading liam lawson joins us just in time for quali BTW, Logan, is the first American to get to Q3 since 93. Golly! Also, this will come as a shock, but uh, Max gets pole, uh, Lando gets P2, and George P3, which from Albano he stole. When it's lights out and away we go, the only one brave enough to overtake for stopping is the rain's heavy flow. Even though that chick came from nowhere, everyone tries to pit in one go. But when Charles gets there, Ferrari's like, oh, hey, what you doing here, bro? This puts Max in like P11, which made things a real struggle for him, I'm sure. <laughs> the rain is gone, and so is Max's gap, though. And in no time, P1 is once again secured. It isn't long before Logan DNFs to all of our dismay, he slumps in the grass as a yellow flag is put on display. There was some racy racing, a couple of slow pit stops, and then tragedy strikes. Charles's car must be retired, but he did not go down without a fight. And then, somehow, once again, no one was prepared when the heavens opened up and literally no water was spared. There's frantic pitting, aquaplaning, and a Joe DNF as chaos ensues. The FAA is like, that's it? We're red flagging this shiz before all hell breaks loose. Some drivers snack, others wait in a lawn chair. The Dutch, however, are having a party. There's no time to despair. When the race restarts, there is only 10 laps left, which is just enough time for George to DNF. And then the race is over and the flag is waved by none other than f one home Martin Garrix. But I love to see the joy and celebration from all of the mechanics. Pierre's P3 and Alonso's P2 will thrill Lawrence, And much to the delight of all of Holland, our champion's blood bleeds orange. Ta-da! Okay, <laughs> on to analysis. Okay. I'm back again um, I was cutting up the uh, I was getting the sausage and now I'm gonna cut it up while I get into analysis because it's time for analysis um all right so first up quality so um the funniest part during Q1 was Leclerc Uh, telling his engineers that they need to stay focused on the traffic and keep him informed because they barely made it through Q1 and they're not going to make it through Q2 if they don't step up their communication. And (laughs) I mean, I love that he's doing this, but it really sounds like he went to like an aggressive therapy session while he was during summer break where he was like taught how to communicate his feelings and his needs better with his very toxic partner. (sighs) Which I hope he did, honestly, because this sort of communication is definitely better. Um, Can't say that the mistakes they made today were totally Purple's fault. I mean, Furry's fault, other than the fact that they gave him like a 15-second pit stop and he ended up DNFing because of car issues. But that wasn't really their fault, the car issues. Anyway. Um, So then... um, Moving on to Q2, Liam Lawson. By the way, didn't make it out of Q1, which um, is sad for him. But it was also very tricky conditions. It was pretty wet. Um, he'd never driven with this tire before, so it was all like new. So it was to be expected, honestly. Um, and Q2, um, Lewis got out, so he didn't make it out of Q2. He made it into Q2 though, so that's good. Um, then. Um, in Q3, um, <laughs> in Q3, there was one radio situation with Max and um, GP where I was like, they did not have enough time apart because Max like, started like asking about other stuff. He was like, tell me what's going on with this. Can you tell me about strategy? Can you tell me about this and this and this? And GP's like, please focus on the task at hand. We'll talk about everything later. Um, also, huge news for America, but Logan is the first American to make it out of... Um, make it into Q3 since 1993. So since I've been alive, an American has not made it into Q3 and F1. Way to go, Logan. Unfortunately for Logan though, um, that excitement was short lived because he very quickly uh, crashed and caused a red flag. So like straight into into the session. So um, that was sad, but he still made it. And that's progress for him. This is the best he's done ever. The best America has done ever. So he did well, he did well. Um, And then it was like very exciting. I was almost over and then Charles spins out and gets and starts another red flag. Poor guy, really can't catch a break. Um, And then when they restart the session, towards the end, Wandel gets P2. And for a moment, it looked like Alex Alvin had gotten Q3 and it was so exciting. Alex almost made into cute, into P3. And at the last minute, George, um, George did a faster time, and so he got P3. And it was very sad for Alex. But there was a really an Alex did a funny Instagram post where it was like him and George in the media pen, but it's like Alex to the side of George as he's giving him like a side eye and smiling. And the caption was um watch your me the caption was watch your mirrors, George Russell. <laughs> and George Russell commented saying, why am I saying his whole name? George commented saying, ha ha ha, Albano, double exclamation mark. Great job, mate. What a George response. Such a funny post, and then George George is it. Also, Yuki got a three-grid penalty spot for impeding Lewis, which means that the starting grid is as follows tomorrow. (sighs) Max, Lando, George, Alex, Albin. Fernando, Carlos, Sergio Perez, Oscar Piastri, Charles Leclerc, Logan Sargent. Ah! Um, Lance Stroll, Pierre Gasly, Nico Hülkenberg, Joe Guan Yu, Esteban Ocon, Yuki Tsunoda, Valtteri Bottas, and Liam Lawson. Okay, so the race. There was a couple of major incidents. The in-between part was interesting Look, it was a good race. I, I, I need to stop shitting on these. It was a good race. Um, could it have been more thrilling in between? Could it have had a more interesting result? Sure, but it still was really fun. And other than Max winning, it actually was a really great race. So, and Max had to try today. So bearing that in mind, it wasn't just like an easy win for him. So at the start, Lando did keep confidently saying that he was going to give Max a run for his money for a couple of turns. Um, that didn't happen. Max leads Lando almost immediately, but Lando did try. Not, not very successfully, but he tried. Alex got very close to George, but Fernando got close to both of them and overtook them both. Um... Carlos did pass Alex, but then Alex passes Carlos back, but that was a bit of a battle, and then it started raining by lap two, so, um, like, badly, like, so I was in Toronto over the summer break, not that it was my summer break, but I was in Toronto over the summer break, and we went to Niagara Falls, and it was, we went at night, because they're really beautiful at night, they're all lit up, and, um, they were, like, looking at the falls one minute, and the next minute, I'm like, have I been transported under the falls? Because it literally started raining so hard. There was no way it was not coming from like a waterfall on my head. And it just continued, like I, I was soaked. And that's what it felt like happened here. Like out of nowhere, like it wasn't like out of nowhere. They're like, oh, rain might be coming, rain might be coming. And then rain came, like torrential rain. Um, Ferrari, everyone started pitting. Literally everyone started pitting. 14, the bottom half of the grid, 14 through 20, all pitted. Um, Ferrari was not ready at all. I think later I heard that it was Charles on the radio was like, I'm coming in, because he thought it was super important to pit now. And he was like, I don't even care that they weren't ready for me, even though they probably should have been. He didn't say that, I'm saying that. They should have been ready because they saw the rain, so they knew something was about to happen, even if it wasn't at that exact second. Um, But I'm like really proud of Charles for taking control of his situations, and or really trying to. He for sure went to therapy. Like these, these changes are definitely instigated by a therapist (laughs) teaching him healthy habits. Um, anyway, so he had like a 15 second car, uh, pit stop. It was not good. Tires were not ready. And then like Max and uh, Max and Max and Max and Fernando were the only ones that didn't pit in that first lap. They pitted the next lap, which meant that we had like a wild, like top three for like a hot minute. But it also, when the Max came out in P11, Um, not that it mattered. Um, I like, by the time in my notes I had written the Max is in P11, he was already in P4. <laughs> The the time, I'm a fast typer, but the time it took me to type out, Max is in P11. He was in P4. Um, He was battling Gasly for third. There was a bit of a situation. um, Gasly was asked about it after the fact. He was like, "Eh, it was racing. Like, it wasn't great, but it was racing, which it it was. Max definitely pushes the limit. And Pierre even said, like, anyone in his situation would be pushing the limit. Uh, The point is he didn't push past the limit. Anyone remember? I'm really in a Disney Channel mood. Anyone remember the Corbin Blue song from the the jump rope movie? Um, The Push it, push it to the limit. There was a lot of like, a lot of overtakes, a lot of great stuff happening towards the back. The rain, by the way, has like cleared up by now. Um, But Max finds himself in P2, approximately 11 seconds behind Checo. But then, okay, so, but then there was, like, kind of a weird situation. It was kind of so suspect. Um, Max got pitted again. The rain was gone. They pitted him again. Um, and then it was base. and then he somehow ended up in P1 and Checo gets on the radio and was like, did Max undercut us? And his engineer was like, yes, Max undercut us. Um, so that means it's a team decision, which ended up being confusing for everyone because they're like, why? <laughs> what was the point of that? Um, and then they started saying that Red Bull was saying that it was because Fernando was closing in. And so they were trying to get ahead of Fernando. So they pitted Max, but Fernando wasn't really that close. So that was confusing. Um, and then there was drama with George because he got on the rate. He was in 18th, by the way. Remember he started in third after he sold it from, uh, Alex, um, He's in 18th and he gets on the radio and goes, I was forecast at a podium, fuck, how did we mess this up? Um, Well, it got bleeped out. I assume he said, fuck, it was probably bollocks or something. Um, They basically left him out too long. Lewis is only in 16th. Mercedes really fucked it in the first, uh, in those first few laps. By the way, um, when everyone was like rushing to the pit lane, um, Gasly got noted for speeding. And he did end up getting a five-second penalty for that, so he had to serve that at some point, which we should keep in mind considering his um, performance at the end. But um, I just want to say, like, the commentators were saying, like, you have to be extra careful when it's raining, you're changing tires, like, everything's a hot mess. You have to be super careful about your speed and the pit lane. But I feel like it's so hard to manage. They're, like, you're driving through, like, a pool of water. You're switching tires, like... There's like 20 other cars there. It's the, I know they need to give the penalty. Like I'm, I'm proud of the FIA for being consistent, but like it is annoying because like, it feels like some circumstances can be excused. even though they probably shouldn't, but anyway. Okay, so like some time passes and about lap 16, actually not that much time passes, <laughs> like a few laps pass, but Logan um, crashed into the wall again and I feel so bad for him like there's chunks of wall on the ground and he seems so sad like the engineer goes are you okay and Logan's response is I crashed (laughs) like we know that's why he asked um and then there's just like a really sad like where he just like sinks into the like tall grass behind him in his helmet and his suit and it's like just lays there in the grass, like not moving as his car is being towed. It was really sad because like he had such a great day yesterday. He was doing pretty well today. Um, his time will come. He's getting better and better. I think I think his time will come. I don't know why I have suddenly so much sympathy for uh, Logan and just want to see him succeed. Um, but his time will come. He will get a point by the end of the year. I... I guarantee it, that's my prediction. Um, so after the safety car, they obviously have a running start, a rolling start, not a running start. Um, and um, Max clears like way ahead. And the commentators were saying that like, Chek was probably expecting him to go slow for, at first, um, as you naturally would when you're doing a rolling start, but Max just like plummets ahead. Um, Fernando tries to get super close to Checo, and by the way, Fernando's close to Checo, then Checo is to Max. Um, but Checo is able to hold him up for a while. Carlos and Pierre, by the way, have been in an ongoing battle since this started, and they will be in an ongoing battle until the end of time. At <laughs> uh, first, because in the in post race interviews, by the way, it seemed like their beef had ended, because buff, but they were fighting tooth and nail this entire time. Um, every time it's like, Carl's about to overtake Pierre, Pierre's about to overtake Carlos, blah, 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 just the whole time they were fighting to the death. So, um, Liam's big moment, Liam Lawson, who's filling in for Daniel. So I keep confusing Liam and Logan in my head. So I feel like the need to overexplain, I'm sure no one else is, but like Liam and Logan are really like mixed up in my head. Um... Um, L- Liam Lawson um, overtook Charles at one point, and Charles was clearly struggling. Like, someone, like the coffee, the commentator was like, Oh, what a great day for Liam. He overtook a Ferrari, he overtook Charles, but like Charles was like dying. Um, and he died. He had to retire the car in uh, lap 41. Anyway, then the rain came back. Um, and this entire time, by the way, the um, the pit walls are all on the rate of being like, Oh, Two laps till rain, 37 minutes till rain, 15 minutes till rain, just like all over this mortgage board giving times. Um, and then it just started raining. Like, I don't know how they were predicting, 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 and yet no one predicted it actually coming. It just like exploded on them and everyone started pitting except for max and max max was at a part of a track that i think was still dry so when the when his and when gp was like you need to box now max was like no it's dry i'm not boxing and then the next time gp got on he's like no you need to box now and max was like okay fine i'll box now and then he got into the pit lane he's like oh right <laughs> probably good that i boxed now um Also, Checo had a really long pit stop today, but there were many long pit stops. Charles, Checo, and Fernando all had like extremely long pit stops today, like out of the blue. And almost all of them were related to the rain coming out of nowhere. I think Fernando's wasn't, but Checo and Charles's were, they're like, oh my God, it's raining, what? Which is so not like Red Bull. It is like Ferrari, but like not like Red Bull to just like be unprepared. Um, so everyone changed to intermediates when the rain started coming, except for Ocon, who changed to like full wets and literally half a lap in on the, on the full wets. He gets on the radio. He's like, this was a terrible mistake. Why would you do this to me? And immediately after he says that, like 12 people start aquaplaning, just like everyone is spinning out of control. And the commentators are like, oh, Esteban, I think that was the right call. Um... Anyway, everyone's aquaplaning and uh, Joe aquaplanes too hard and he crashes and he dNX and that's sad for Joe. Um, it first issues a yellow flag, then a virtual safety car, then um, a red flag and they all have to fully stop. And um, everyone is really confused because they're like, well, he was pretty much out of the way and it definitely could have been sorted by like a, a yellow flag and safety car. Um, but it seems that it was not red flagged for the crash. It was red flagged because everyone was aquaplaning it on the wrong tires and they just decided it was like a safer, safer thing to, to stop. Um, and everyone was super annoyed at the time, but honestly, we get mad when the FIA makes, doesn't call like a pause when it's raining too hard. And now we're mad that they are pausing when it's raining too hard. So really they made the good call they should not have continued until things calmed down or at least until everyone was on the right tire because there was seriously a lot of, like, spinning out happening. Um, What was unfortunate for um, Checo was that he had just pitted and was still in the pit lane as the red flag came out, so he wasn't even allowed to leave the pit lane. Not that he would, but, like, he was basically stuck there. Um, But that ended up putting him into P6, which would have been really frustrating for him because Pierre... Was in p3 at that point thanks to his um thanks to his pit stop um but the rules which i'm still trying to figure out how they come to this conclusion but i think because the last recorded lineup had Checo in p3 since he had not exited the pit lane yet um he is in p3 at the restart so all good for Checo-ish. We'll get to that in a minute. The best part about this red flag is the Dutch. When I tell you, well, I don't know why I'm telling you, all, most of you watch probably, but like the, the like complete irrelevance the rain had on their day was insane. They're all, they all came in their little ponchos. Um, they all were prepared the like MC person like an orange suit and like the mascot both pop out and they start like initiating dance vibes and there's music playing and like everyone's dancing and having a party while we wait for the session to restart it was amazing i've never seen this kind of energy like being at the dutch grand prix sounds like the best time assuming max is winning don't want to be there if max is losing but when is that going to happen um the drivers though, they're all like out and about. They're chatting with people. Liam is having a snack in his car. I love watching them just like exist in the wild. Like that was my favorite part about that one Spa Grand Prix that like never happened where they did like two laps. And I'm like, now we don't have to pay you back. But like my favorite part about that was, um, it was like watching a nature documentary and like just watching them exist in the wild. <laughs> it was like when um, Carlos and uh, Charles were playing chess with each other on their phones, and the and the commentators were like, oh, youth these days they are sitting right next to each other and just on their phones, but really they were playing each other at chess, which I'm obsessed with. Um, anyway, so at the restart, it's a rolling start. Um, it's a rolling start. Everything is like sort of back to normal, except for the rain has calmed down and almost basically gone. Um, Cheka was noted for speeding in the pit lane and ended up getting a five second penalty, which means that Pierre needs to stick within five seconds of him to get P3, which was no problem for him at that point. And by the way, there's only 10 laps left. Two were behind the safety car, so there's actually only like eight laps left. No wait. whatever. Less than 10 laps left, two were behind the safety car. They only had like, they had a handful of laps left to actually race. Um, when, the, when the safety car went back in and Max bolted forward, Boy, did Alonso stick to him like go He really tried. Wasn't very strong Lou because Max pulled away pretty quickly. But Alonso was almost wheel to wheel with him, which is more than we can say for Checo at the previous rolling start. Um, I just love Fernando. He, like, doesn't care about, about pushing it to the limit. His team's like, do whatever you want. You're Fernando Alonso. And he's like, I will do what I want. Um, but he's just so smart. What the com- uh, I think it was Karun. I think he was a commentator this weekend. He was saying that he can't imagine that Fernando ever sleeps. He's just always thinking. But he's like thinking in a different way than Carlos. Carlos is very pensive. Con- Carlos is like the Rodin statue, you know, the, the thinking man. That's Carlos thinking. Fernando is like active thinking, you know, like he seems to be on all the time. So I, I he probably is correct. I don't think Fernando sleeps. Um So the most exciting thing that's happening in this last – in the last couple of laps is that Lewis is trying with all his fucking might to overtake Carlos. Carlos has not had a minute of peace this entire race. Someone is always on – like, in his grill, like, trying to get past him. He's always defending the crap out of it. Um, Lewis literally tries to overtake him, like, 12 times. Um, He – they even have contact at one point because Lewis – overestimated how much space he had i think um but carlos kept his position he didn't let lewis pass. i loved it and then the race is over and so we're in the cool down room and um oh wait before we get to the cool down room the best part the best part about this was that martin garrett's waved the checkered flag and i'm sorry i cannot think of anyone more worthy to wave that damn flag than martin Garrix. he was like waving to his friends like oh hey max Good to see you yesterday. Oh, hey, Lando. Oh, oh, hey, you. Oh, do you want to come to my set tonight? That was literally Martin. He was like having a chat with all of them. He's so like involved. <laughs> um, I just don't understand. I don't understand the-, the hold he has on all of them or the hold they have on him. I don't know which way it's going, but like it's wild. Okay, so. Um, Fernando gets driver of the day, which is very exciting. I was obsessed with this podium because everyone was so exciting. This was super exciting. This wasn't like a chill one for Max because this is his home race. It's his ninth win. He set a new record. Um, oh no, he matched a record, but it's his home race. Like everyone's losing their minds. It's super exciting for Fernando. Who's had a few like podium lists races. Um, and he did a great damn job. Like it was so good. And Pierre had a, as a, the one of the journalists was very kind to point out he had a two-year drought from winning um and um his radio was just so fun he is shrieking, he's having the time of his life he's so happy and I just loved to see it it was so good um also this Dutch mechanic wearing like a giant cape with Max's like words about Max on it like runs up to Max and like hugs him and apparently this Dutch um mechanic has been with Red Bull since its inception he's the only one besides Christian Horner to have been there the longest like for every race ever but I thought he was like 19 so I was really confused when they said this because that would make him like 50 (laughs) he's old I like I was not expecting that um so then they do the interviews. Um, Pierre gets a huge cheer. Uh, Fernando gets an even bigger cheer. Fernando gets a chant. They do the, oh, Fernando Alonso. And I'm like obsessed. They did it a little delayed. So like Max had already come up to the mic and started talking and they started chanting about Fernando. And everyone was very confused. Max like literally looked around. he's like, wait, what? He's gone. <laughs> um, but also it makes me like giggle how much of a celebrity Max is there because he's the least celebrity celebrity I've ever seen in my life. He's just like, he's like, oh hey, yeah, hi, like, I'm here. Hey, th- thanks. He's like, you want to say something to Dutch to your fans? And he's like, cool beans, thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. <laughs> um, also, when they get to the cool down room, now that we're finally in the cool down room, Pierre is so excited to join the podcast. He launches in. Max didn't even didn't even have to start the convo. Pierre is all in. He's got a lot to say, and he needs Max to hear it. He came prepared. I love it. Pierre for sure knows about the podcast. Like for sure, he knows that whole internet joke because Pierre exists exclusively on the internet. The same way that I can't imagine Fernando anywhere besides the track and um, a yacht, Pierre is on track or on the internet at all times. Okay, so also they're on the podium and this lady is singing the national anthem at max. Like she's standing under the podium and she's serenading him. Like she's Romeo and he's fucking Juliet. And she's like, what light from yonder window breaks? It is the east and Juliet is the sun, is that the quote? I don't know. but like she's like full on serenading him, and it's actually amazing. Like the positioning is kind of weird, but the concept is really cool. And I think they should have a live performance of the national anthem every time. Holland really. Why do I keep calling it Holland? The Netherlands really pulled it out like all the stops. Like musically, excellent. When we think back, what spot? <laughs> what happened in Belgium? We should only exclusively stay in Belgium. We should never talk about it again. Um, but anyway, so they do the podium. Um, and they keep panning to this giant ginger man. And I'm like, who is this man? I think it might be the king. I think I was just like going, who is this giant ginger man over and over? And it was the king of the Netherlands. So my bad. Um, his mother is there. I think it might be his grandmother that's also there. She looked related somehow. And I think his mom's sister, like they're all there. Except for Yas. I didn't see Yas anywhere. Where where was Yas? Kelly was there. Kelly was tearing up. Where was Yas? Um also speaking of like girlfriends watching, um, I saw a video on TikTok of Kika watching at home. And she was so cute. She was like almost tearing up. She was like holding her hand over the mouth, like she couldn't believe it. She was so excited. It was very wholesome. I loved it. The one weekend she doesn't come, right? She's probably thinking, like, how could I not be there? But it was very cute. Also, um, I feel like the Dutch watched the last few races. Um, saw what Lando did to Max's trophy and were like, not on my watch. It looks like his trophy is made out of like freaking concrete. Like nothing is breaking that shit. When they got brought out to him, I literally, Fernando like leans over and like taps the material and he whispers something to Max and Max bursts out laughing. Guaranteed. Fernando's like, how do we break this thing? And Max is like, not going to break it. Um, it was very funny. Also, what I found really funny was that the, um, The second and third place trophies were comically smaller. I think even Pierre commented, he's like, I have this tiny little thing. Um, I think they're usually a bit more equal or like more proportionally getting smaller. This felt like it went from like Hagrid to like Dobby. Um, One moment from the press conferences that I want to mention is that Fernando gets asked if Max is operating on a league of his own and whether him and Lewis could challenge him in a different car. Um, if they were each in a, in a like a more equal car. And Fernando first sings Max's praises, says no one like appreciates how hard it is to be at the very top so consistently for so long. like it's not just like easy selling. But then he says, to answer your question, as racing drivers, we have very high self-confidence. So yes, I think I could. Lewis couldn't, but I could. <laughs> Love that. Okay, so on to the results. Max, Fernando, Pierre, Checo, Carlos, Lewis, Lando, Alex, Oscar, Esteban, Lance, Nico, Liam, Kevin, George, Joe, Charles, and Logan, the last three all DNF'd. Four. Last four all DNF'd. Wow. That's sad. Um, all right. So the official driver of the day was Fernando, who, by the way, also got fastest lap. So big day for Fernando. Um, Unofficially, I would say there were actually quite a few driver of the days that deserve a shout out. Um, I think obviously Pierre, um, also Carlos, who literally did not have a break the entire time. Um, Even during um, during the red flag, he's sitting there like staring into the abyss and he notices the camera and literally goes, like flexes his eyebrows. Do you flex, raised his eyebrows, not flexed his eyebrows. Um, and all I could hear in my head was Steve Carell going, wow, that's camera is close to my face. <laughs> I swear that's what Carlos was thinking in that moment. Um, but you know, Carlos doesn't rest. He just thinks all the time. He's the Reden statue, saying it again. Um, he really deserved his fifth place. I think he might've actually deserved more, but he did really, really well. Um, Oscar also had some sick overtakes today, um, like a lot. It did get him into the points, um, not much further, but that's still pretty impressive. Um, unofficial MVPs that were not on the track were just every Dutch person ever. (laughs) Um, they were having a blast and a half, whether they were drowning like rats or like in the sunshine, they did not care. Again, brings me flashbacks to that man in spa eating french fries in the... Pouring rain although he did not look quite as happy as the Dutch. The Dutch would be like laughing manically as they ate those fries. Um they were just dancing and having fun and like also I really love that they renamed the train going from Amsterdam to Zonfort. Um the Max Express so cute. Okay sorry quickly put the sausages on to pan fry um while I finish. So the dick in the box box I think the dick in the box box is every pit wall and their inability to read a weather radar. Um, Like, oh, I think it might drizzle two minutes later, pouring rain. Um, Do you know what the pit wall teams remind me of? They remind me of Karen Smith from Mean Girls when she like held her boobs and was like, there's a 30% chance that it's already raining. That's what they're like. That is the way they're able to read the weather and it's a joke, (laughs) okay. Okay, so the F1 standings are as follows: Max with three hundred thirty-nine points, uh, Checo with two hundred and one, Fernando with one hundred sixty-eight, Lewis with one hundred fifty-six, Carlos with one hundred two, Charles with ninety-nine, George also with ninety-nine, Lando with seventy-five, Lance with forty-seven, and Pierre with thirty-seven, and Esteban has thirty-six. So does Oscar. Oscar also has thirty-six. And then the constructor standings are as follows Red Bull with 540 points, Mercedes with 255, Aston with 215, Ferrari with 201, McLaren with 111, Alpine with 73, Williams with 15, Haas with 11, Alpha with 9, and Alpha Tari with 3. Um, Overall, very good. Everyone has a point. It's amazing. So that's it for the Dutch Grand Prix. Uh, next up is Monza, Forza Ferrari, because literally they need all the help they can get. So let's Forza the crap out of them. Um, and make sure you subscribe, share with any potential boxes, and you can always DM or email me your thoughts, opinions, questions, because I love hearing from you guys, um, at f one pod on social to keep up in between races. And um, I will post the final result of my meal on social media and I'll also include a little picture at the end of this so you can see how it turned out. But the mashed potatoes taste good and the sausage is only gonna make it better. So (laughs) what could go wrong? Um, Anyway, um, I will see you guys very soon. Ciao. Box, box. Ta-da.